Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Lots of stuff happening in the world of poker all over the world. Here in South Florida, I, I missed a lot of it myself. Uh, for those of you who watch this or listen to the show regularly, uh, download it and tune in either on SoundCloud or any place you get your uh, podcasts. Uh, you'll know that we did not do a show last week. For the first time. Yeah, first time we had a We didn't even week. have a best of. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the flu is going around all over the country. A lot of freezing cold weather and cold for us down here, but uh, uh, a lot of people sick. I tell you, what, Joe, when you, you know when it's hitting everybody is when your favorite teams, like the Miami Heat, all of a sudden one guy's out with the flu, the next guy uh, is out two nights later, and uh, it just goes around the locker room. And it does, like, everywhere here, it, uh, places you work. And in casinos, trust me, in casinos, it's worse than anywhere else because people come to work, they're touching the chips, the cash. Other dealers are sitting down. Every time one or two people get sick, we go through a month's worth of cycle of two weeks later, I'm going to have five or six dealers out. So. Absolutely. Uh, and this was a very virulent strain of the flu. Uh, uh, I talked to uh, a couple of friends that had it, and they said that you can just cannot shake it unless you go and get antibiotics to, for this one. And so that's what I did. And uh, I'm finishing my week of antibiotics. I'm back in action, feeling pretty good. I got I, I got lucky. I'm glad you're back to, to good health, Big Dave. We all are here. But uh, I got very lucky last year that I didn't catch the flu. But the one before that, I caught really bad flu, pneumonia, everything yeah. uh, involved with it. So, Well, I, I did get a flu shot, but it was quite a, while, quite, quite a few months ago. So maybe I had it too early this year. Who knows? Anyway, lots of stuff to talk about. We had the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Lucky Hearts Open in January, and that finished up. And I... Uh, actually, uh, got a tweet from uh, Tony Burns, a good friend over there, the tournament director, who said, what, "What's up? Uh, we haven't seen you this whole tournament." And I had the days that I was planning to go and was catch the final table was when I got sick, so I wasn't able. But very nice of him to check in on me and uh, and let me know what's uh, going on over there. So uh, a lot of stuff. It's going to be a big year for the Seminole Hard Rock with a hotel opening later this year, probably toward the end of the summer. Yep. And uh, you know the tournaments uh, have been so successful over there. And uh, we'll update you on everything. Also, they had the uh, the PCA, uh, which started off with the uh, the Players Championship, which with with the uh, 320 uh, platinum passes given out. Uh, that was won by Ramon Kalilas yeah. that we talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, on the show. But I want to talk a little bit about that because uh, such a unique situation. We talked about how great a promotion it was for the game of poker, but. A uh, very nice article that I uh, read about the coverage of the whole final table and the setup. And, and uh, it was Frank uh, Optoward uh, that wrote it. But uh, he basically covered, you know, the kind of thing that goes on behind the scenes. And you don't realize it. I don't know how many live final tables you've been to. Probably not that many uh, in your career. But you know that I go over to the yes. Hard Rock when they have the coverage for Poker Night in America or... Uh, uh, the World Series of Poker, at WPT, uh, all the TV shows, and, and you see how much work goes into setting that up. I mean, we only see on TV the final product, the dark dark uh, well, curtains up and everything, but all that stuff has a huge uh, uh, setup time. Well, let me tell you something. 
you're right. I haven't been to as many finals as you have. But remember when I was representing, uh, you know, unfortunately for the PPC people, the last few tournaments that I represented them in before they did what they did, uh, they were um, filming the final table. And I remember all the work that had to go into just for a, you know, normal, you know, generic style of, of, of feed so that you could see it on, on, the web, on their web page. And, you know, for their family members who, you know, couldn't make it to wherever the tournament was. And I remember how much work had to go into that just for something extremely simple. So I can't imagine, you know, for, for a TV production. For a top television yeah, show, right? Exactly. So, well, one uh, uh, probably the thing you saw was a cameraman with it on his shoulder. And no, not even, the because they didn't do it like that. They set up... Um, a boom camera? Like a boom, well, yeah, like a, you know, and it, it, it wasn't really big either. It wasn't a big thing. It almost looked, it almost looked like about as big as, uh, you know, as, as one of your cell phones, like a, a big iPhone and stuff. With a selfie and stick. I, yeah, it, it, well, almost. It was a tripod for it that would cover it from different angles. I don't believe it had even audio, so that'll give yeah. you an idea. Without audio, these guys are checking boom-sounding mics. I, I can only ask Gio and wonder what he thinks of what goes into that sort of stuff, uh, you know, when you've got to get not only the picture but the sound correct. For all of that. Well, for for the WPT and the Poker Night in America, they have these like twenty foot long booms with a camera on there, and the guys are really talented to run those things. It's like swooping in on the table and getting that zoom in, uh, you know, like similar to the to the uh, camera that's over the NFL fields now. Huh? Exactly that that, that rolls thing. back and forth exactly. and everything else. And occasionally, you can pick it up from the sideline and see it there. But remember, because I remember you with the great voice that my partner here has doing the uh, ring announcements for some of the major right. fights that we've had at mm-hmm. Miami Highlight over the years when we worked there together and stuff. You know, I remember, you know, the crews coming in to set up the stage and uh, the, all the sound and stuff and taking two, three days. Are those things already set up for these final tables at these big shows that you've seen in, in, no, in the they, past? No, they have to all set it up uh, the day before, before and the day of and... You know, all the players get there, and they have to be interviewed, and they set up all these things that they work into the program. So they're there three and four hours before they start. So they shoot a lot of interviews, and there's a lot of downtime where they're just kind of sitting around, talking to friends, trying to uh, take a few selfies with their rail and that sort of thing. So it's really a crazy whole setup, and a lot of people are used to that. People who play uh, regularly on the WPT, the big stars that make the final tables very often. But you look at this tournament, which had a lot of players that were very inexperienced, uh, you know, good players, uh, but not uh, nationally known or anything like that, maybe for the very first time showing up in an event like this. So uh, with all the money on the line, $5.1 million for first place, uh, about 2.2 million less for second, and then on down the line through a million for live for sixth place. Uh, you know, it was one of those things that uh, guys really have to try to make an adjustment, and uh, you know, not only the big pay jumps, but thinking, oh, what if I make a mistake on TV and everybody laughs at me? Well, you know, to me, Dave, I, I've thought about that, and I'm sure most of these people, you've thought about that. Going into that, and it's terrible because it can definitely change, you know. The way you play. It's funny, you know, like, like you know, we're Monday morning quarterbacks here, right? We, we all always. decide. We always decide. I mean, take out, take out that egregious 
horrendous non-call in, in last week's uh, NFC Championship, which everybody, you know, as one guy said, uh, Stevie Wonder could have seen that that was a penalty. But uh, take that apart. We always, you know, it's easy for us sitting in the, in the in, you know, in, in our recliner the next day going, damn, that quarterback should have taken off and, and you know, and scrambled for those extra three yards or, you know, what whatever the excuse is that when one of our teams that we either, that's our favorite or team that we bet on loses, we always have that to say, and, and we do the same thing when we watch poker. At least I do, Dave. Right, yeah. You know, I'm going, wow, you know, I see players, you know, make a call on a race, catch, catch a favorable flop, and then fold to a large bet. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, if, if I thought my opponent was on that strong of a hand that I caught pretty much the flop I wanted to catch, and I'm still releasing my hand. What was I doing going in there? Yeah. Now, obviously, we don't know how much of this was edited, what kind of other information was given out, but it's easy for us to sit here and criticize and say, oh, that guy choked. He didn't play because he didn't want to look bad on TV. But none of us know exactly. Until Until we're there, you know, listen, unless it's one of the top pros that has been doing this, and they're used to making million-dollar decisions because the jump or hundred-thousands-of-dollar jump decisions in a tournament, outside of a, a select few people that, that do this professionally, you know, that's something that's a great question. I don't know if, if other people have always asked them, but, you know, that has to be in the back of their mind, at, yeah, at least in my thought, Dave. Absolutely. Well, I want to talk about a couple of hands. Uh, we didn't get too much into the details. I, I might have mentioned one of them, but I did want to just basically talk about You get to the final table. There's eight players at the final table. Uh, the most experienced was the short stack, uh, Talal Shakerji, who's originally from uh, Israel but now lives in the United Kingdom. Uh, one of the first, I think, few hands that they sat down to the table he had pocket aces and ends up losing the hand to uh, ace queen uh, when the guy went runner runner for a for a flush. Yeah, that's can you imagine with five million dollars looking ahead, a million for uh, well five hundred thousand actually he won for third for last place, but uh, for eighth place. But you're looking ahead. Nothing could be better than to sit there with pocket kings and have them crack so and go early up like and that. go head to head. Yeah, you know, but but as we know, you know, they're, they're going to win eighty. I think it's a little over eighty percent. You know, it's almost a four to one favorite against any random hand. Maybe even higher than that. Maybe ninety percent against any random hand. But you know, it it does happen. You know, I, I remember I remember somebody screaming at me because they 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 took a min raise. And I was in the big blind and decided to call and caught a very favorable flop, caught a monster turn that gave me the hand. And that's when he decided to put pressure on me after I, after I had made the nuts. <laughs> Not a good situation. He was probably afraid that I was drawing to the nuts on the river. And we got it all in. And then this guy just started crying and bitching. And, you know, I, 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 I turned it around on him because I don't know about you, Dave, but I looked at the table. I said, all right. Who here? Who here has lost with pocket aces? Heads up! And everybody raised their hands, laughing. I go, okay. Who here has beaten pocket aces? Ace up! And everybody raised their hands. I go, look, buddy. This 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 sort of stuff happens in the game of poker. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather be in your shoes than in mine every single time. 
Well, that was the way uh, Shaker Chi went out. And when they got down uh, to uh, three, I had mentioned the third place was the the guy from the Philippines who had brought his whole family yes, there. Yes, yes, that was a beautiful uh, Huge story. day for him. Uh, Mark Rivera was his name, 2.1 million. Uh, left head-to-head, Julian Martini from France and eventual winner Ramon Calillas from Spain. Um, so they're uh, going head-to-head and... Uh, Martini has a pretty good ship lead, 37 million to like 24 million. And I wanted to go over this one hand. I don't know if I if you remember you, it. Yes, I might have yeah. mentioned it. You last already week, did but, mention it uh, two but, weeks but ago. But let's go again. It's been go a couple ahead. of weeks. Go ahead. Um, so wait. Okay, go ahead. Martini opened for 1.25 million with nine six of hearts. Calias mm-hmm. uh, came along. He had queen five offsuit. Uh, the flop was ace, four, queen, all, all hearts. hearts. So, giving, so giving the gentleman with the nine, six of hearts, uh, so far the nuts. Uh, he bet a million, which, too small maybe? I mean, they're going head-to-head here. No, I mean. If he opened for 1.25 and then bet a, bet a million. He, he's he's not put, he wants not to put, string him along, he's, right? Exactly. He's not putting this gentleman on any part of that. If his opponent calls, he caught it. Remember, because what did it come? Uh, it came ace, queen, something. Of four. four. Four of hearts, right? Right. So he's figuring, okay, I'm going to bet a million because if this guy's holding the king or jack of hearts, he's going to definitely call. Then he would have played that hand a lot differently if a fourth heart hits the board on yeah. the turn. Yeah, well, Calias did call. Uh, the turn was a queen of diamonds. Uh, Martini bet $4.6 million, which I think is a pretty uh, reasonable bet Well, there yeah, now, now he's facing someone who called him. So did he have a naked ace? Uh, did he have a queen, you know? Now now he's got to put some pressure on him because now there's a lot more outs for him to lose to on the river if his opponent does have a queen. And I think I discussed this when we discussed this a couple of weeks ago. Did they get it all in before the river? Uh, they Didn't they get no, it all it, in? No, it was oh. after the river. Oh, after the river. Because Calias called uh, the $4.6 million, uh and got the five on the river, the five of diamonds. Uh he checked, which was a great play there. Yes, obviously. it was. Yes, it was. And Martini shoves all in. Uh, Calias calls uh, for his uh, last 17 million chips, and uh, all of a he sudden he didn't want to give anything away there when he checked. He was hoping his opponent would continue betting. Right, and he ends up uh, taking a 48 million to 13 million chip lead, and then has finished things out. And because of the difference, we mentioned that uh, on the other show that. Because of the extra one million put in by Poker Stars, there was about a two point two million dollar difference between first exactly. and second. Exactly. So no chop was discussed at all. And it, yeah, because uh, well, if I remember you correctly, the gentleman who came in second—I can't remember his name—you just Martini. Martini is considered a professional poker player. Yes. And the other gentleman was considered an amateur by Basically, their yeah. standards, right. regardless of what he played, unless you've. You've been in this kind of situation before. You're going to be considered an amateur. So I'm sure he said, well, why am I going to give up some equity when I think I can beat this person? And on top of the fact that he had probably a little bit more than 60-40 in chips before that hand started. So because when this hand was over, it was almost a 4-1 to one, uh, advantage, uh, a little less than 4-1 for, for, for the gentleman who won. So... Yeah, I, I, you know, as the top pro, I don't think I would have given any of that up. You know, I don't know if he regrets it or not now because it probably he probably would have earned about a million dollars more than what more than a million dollars more 
because he probably would have gotten a deal where he would have gotten less than the 5.1, but more than more than 4.1, which would have been first place without the added million. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's take a first break on the show. That was just simply the uh, Poker Stars Players Championship uh, before the regular uh, the uh, PCA got underway. Uh, the main event has come and gone, and the winner, uh, no stranger to South Florida, Chino Ream. He won it. Yeah. Good for him. So we'll talk a little about no, Chino's win. No and news what's about anybody following him to the cage to no, cash out no. this time around? It was for $1.5 million, though. So <laughs> so either he has settled up his gambling debts or, 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 or people have bought him in or whatever the case may be. He He's had uh, the grinder there on the rail, so maybe people didn't want to mess with the grinder. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, let's take our first break in the show. Poker Action Line comes to you every week, uh, except last week, of course. But uh, we're back on track now as we move into uh, 2019 with a big year ahead of us here and looking forward to uh, lots of great guests and shows down the way uh, trying to get back on track on a regular basis and uh, we will do that over the next few weeks uh, we'll be back after these messages on the show this is poker action line this is big day for place your chips caribbean.com want to know what's really cool your charitable tax deductible donation every time you play place your chips caribbean.com the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. So glad we left that stupid party. No joke. Hey, baby, are you an overdue library book? Because you got fine written all over you. Oh, barf. <laughs> what about that girl with the hoop earring? Ridiculous. When she was dancing... Megan. And- Look out! Look out! Oh, oh. oh my God, Becky. Becky, are you okay? My arm. I think it's broken. Can you bend it? It's already bent in the wrong direction. I can't believe this. I'm so sorry. I only had a few drinks. I was just buzzed. Really? Just buzzed? Yeah, I swear. Well, in that case, my arm is fine. Ah, that's better. You're really okay? You're serious, Becky? No, genius. I'm not serious. Ow! My arm! It hurts! Buzzed driving. Maybe we should stop acting like it's no big deal. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe talking a little uh, Poker Stars Caribbean adventure. Uh, which uh, was in January, along with the Lucky Arts Poker Open. Uh, Aussie Millions being played right now. The main event is underway out there in uh, Melbourne, Australia. Lots of stuff going on, and uh, lots of stuff still to come in South Florida, including uh, the WSOP Circuit coming to uh, Coconut Creek uh, February 7th through the 18th. So we'll be uh, checking a lot of that out, maybe even playing an event again, once again, uh, maybe the horse or the seniors or something. We'll see what happens. Well, I don't think I'm going to have a lot of time very shortly. 
Looks uh, like I'm going to be getting my toes back in the water good again for you. here. Good for you. Uh, anyway, Chino Reem uh, was the winner of the main event, winning $1.567 million. Uh, he knocked out uh, every player at the final table. Uh, mowed down the field, so very yeah, impressive he performance. He was shorthanded Atl- last time we were on the air uh, with twenty-something players. He was oh really? He was shorthanded in chips at that okay. point. Well, he uh, he got it together and picked up the win, uh, defeating Daniel Strelitz from the United States, uh, who won nine hundred fifty-one thousand. A uh, great story for third. Scott Wellenbach uh, is a uh, he's actually a, a text transcriber. Of of Buddhist the Buddhist language. Wow! In Nova Scotia, Canada, I don't think you can make that up. No, I don't think so. Anyway, he's 67 years old, and uh, announced before the tournament that he was going to donate his winnings to charity. Ends up finishing third place, 700,000 going for charity. Oh, God bless him! You know, and uh, I don't know what his charity is, but uh, I'm sure they're grateful that he came in third. In well, I think in the past he's donated to that reg charity in the uh, UK and and a few others, but uh, um, was absolutely thrilled, but really disappointed as well. You know how you it takes you a little while to recover from something when you hope you're going to win, and even though he wasn't going to be taking home the 1.5 million, uh, you know he he promised. That he would donate all to charity. People asked him, "Are you going to take a little bit for your uh, bankroll and that sort of thing?" He said, Absolutely not. He said, uh, "Very important to me to fulfill my promises." Of guy of great character, and uh, was ecstatic that uh, you know he was able to to contribute to several different charities. Actually, some food banks. And but yet he was disappointed that he didn't get first. He was, and that's the poker mentality, Dave. Like I've mentioned before. If, if before a tournament starts, somebody was to ask everybody, would third place be good for you? If I was to guarantee you third place right now, you know, like 99.999% of the field would say, yeah, give me that 700000 guaranteed right now. Absolutely. You know, maybe the top, top pros wouldn't take that. But once you get there, and you, it's, it's like getting to this close to the peak of the mountain and going, i got to stop here. Really? After climbing all this way up here, <laughs> and I could see it, I could almost taste it, and, and it's disappointing. And that, that, that just tells me he's a poker player. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, so Chino Reem uh, gets the huge payday. What does he do? He jumps on a plane and heads to Melbourne to play in the Aussie Millions. And uh, ends up in the $50,000 tournament, which was won by Rainer Kempe, uh, and ends up finishing third in that one for 400000 like I said, once you win these tournaments, your your mindset is so different. You're in that poker zone, and you, you want to play as many games as you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. So um, he has now been eliminated in the main event down there in the Aussie Millions there in day 1B. And he did get knocked out today, but a lot of big names, obviously, down there. Did he make the money in that or no? No. Okay. Still, it's still a profitable trip. He picked up 400000 on one tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, a lot of people are up in the, at the Borgata. Phil Helmuth just won the heads-up event at the Borgata. Uh, that uh, final, that uh, main event is underway. They are also in day 1B up there. So a lot of stuff going on everywhere. Um, chip leader, early chip leader in the uh, Borgata, Daniel Wellborn. Uh, Phil had a good day, uh, who jumped in after he won the 1590 heads-up t- event. And uh, ended up with about 88,000 chips the first day. Some other players that have moved on and are near the chip lead, Upeshka Da Silva, uh, Mark Duby, Ping Lu, 
And uh, there's several other big-name players, including Brian Altman, who actually finished sixth in the PCA main event. So another guy that's red-hot right now. Asher Conniff, uh, Anthony Zeno, and uh, some of our friends from the show, uh, James Calderaro, Will Faila, got knocked out the first day. But they'll be back uh, tomorrow for day, or which is today, for day 1B. So um, a whole field there. And uh, this is one of the first uh, WPT tournaments that, with the new format here, where they will play uh, the final table on March 12th after they finish this week. Uh, they just play down to a final table. And then they play the final tables out at the Luxor, the eSports arena out there. So big tie-in now with eSports and poker. And uh, we're going to see make some this of that. a televised event, I guess. Yeah. Different final tables from different WPT yeah. tournaments around the country. For instance, last week was Hawaiian Gardens from uh, the Los Angeles area. They played down the final table. And they'll play that like the first week of March out there. So uh, about a two-month in between. We don't have our November 9 anymore, but we do oh, have. Oh, but they're not going to have multiple final tables on that day from different no, casinos? No, I believe that they're going to be playing uh, consecutive weekends or something like that. We'll see. I'll have to check. You, might be, you, might, you could be right. You could be you right. You know, because that, that that to me would make it very interesting. You have final tables from multiple casinos, uh, poker rooms around the country. Uh, would probably make for some interesting. It's on TV. the same weekend. I'm looking right now. March 12th is the for both uh, of them so is far the, is the Hawaiian Gardens final table. And this one also. And this one is on the 13th. This one will be on. So they play one one day and one day the, and the next. So that is at the HyperX Esports Arena at the Luxor. In front of the WPT cameras, uh, you know, really doesn't change anything for anybody that uh, watches the TV shows and sees them six months later. No, but I tried. I would try a nice new little promotion if I was able to round up a bunch of different casinos to where maybe over a uh, three-month span, you know, the longest wait would be six months for the first winner. But you kind of get nine nine players from maybe let's say nine different uh, poker rooms. And then you have some sort of uh, guarantee where I think it would make for a great televised event where the winner of each of these tables, you'd run, you'd run those things simultaneously in the same room. Right. And then the nine winners, because each winner would win their own table, then you do kind of like a, uh, a winner's championship of all those different casinos made for TV. Uh, that sounds like it would be a great made for TV because now you've got a winner from a casino, Hawaiian Gardens in California, one from South Florida, another one could be from Oklahoma, you know, whatever. Wherever they have these, that's something I, I think I'd be interested in seeing, yeah. different champions from, oh, different, from different casinos all well, playing to win it in one day, and then once the winner the winner's decided, stay for the week and come back the following week, and all the winners from their own casinos representing their own casinos putting a whole new spin on those tournament of champions and Exa- exactly and i think i think you could sell that and probably get great sponsorship for that too you got some good ideas there buddy every now and then you know hey i gotta use this thing for something other than a hat rack every now and then right <laughs> uh, in between the uh, pca and uh, the aussie millions and the borgata which is now being played right now was the uh, lucky hearts poker open here in south florida and I wanted to talk a little bit about that as well because uh, that was a that was a great tournament, and uh, I didn't get a chance to catch the final like I had planned. But just to give you an idea of some of the things that happened, the opener was a big tournament that had over 4,500 players. I think we were on the air, and when that one fi- was finishing up, uh, the last show that we did, uh, Michael Newman was the winner. I've had Michael on the show before. Uh, he was the champion of the Rock and Roll Poker Open. 
uh, in 2017. He won the opener, the uh, WPT Deep Stacks event for 263000 uh, Then this fellow named Adam Walter won two tournaments in a row. Uh, first one was a 360 Omaha 8, and the second one was a 360 horse. Won both of those. Of course, smaller fields, obviously, than the 4,500, you know, but uh, uh, put together a couple of wins for a total of about 13,000. And just to win those two is a pretty uh, pretty good accomplishment. Yes, it is. And back-to-back, very nice. Uh, the main event fell right in the middle. It was won by Jason Young. It was the $1,100 main event for two hundred sixty-three grand. Uh, Philip Wee uh, won a tournament. He won an Omaha 8570 buy-in event. And some others, people that you may be familiar with, uh, include uh, Matt Bretsfield, who won the $1,100 Big Stack PLO. Joseph Chong uh, played and won an event as well for $23,570 toward the end of the tournament. And uh, a good turnout. And, uh, you know, everything's competitive-wise really tough right now, but... Uh, they had a great turnout and uh, 25 champions crowned over there at the Seminole Hard Rock. Good for them. They're listen. They're just continuing to do a tremendous job. So uh, we know we know how Tony is over there and the staff and everything else. So yeah, absolutely, they're doing a tremendous job and just taking complete control. Let me tell you, I believe that this is already a a must do. You know, the Hard Rock with all the different tournaments. Is a must-play uh, destination already down here, and I think if they put even more effort into it, this this will be second only to the main event in this country if they wanted it to. Yeah. In between now and then, uh, supposedly, I haven't heard any final dates yet, but the WPT, I assume, comes back for the summer showdown in uh, April. But between now and then, uh, one of Tony's babies over there is the Escalator Tournament that he has every year that's... Uh, a couple of good friends of mine have done very well in. There's four consecutive weeks. It's a million-dollar series, uh, and it starts off with uh, with a $150 uh, buy-in. And uh, that is going to be on February 20th through the 24th. Uh, the top players of each event, uh, the final table of the first three events, receive a ticket to the following event. So week two is a 250 buy-in. 200,000 guarantee. Week three is a 350 buy-in with a 300,000 guarantee, and week four is a, f- a 560. So, if you advance by uh, moving on to the other, uh, you'll t- make that final table. Then you uh, get involved uh, with coming to the next one. So it builds on each other, and it's a really turning into a popular event. Oh, wow. didn't our friend uh, Big Al do Al something Gomez in that last something. year? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He made a final table and moved on to I think from week two to week three. So uh, the first one, as I mentioned, February 20th through the 24th. Uh, the 250 is February 27th through March 3rd. Then the, three, I, then the 350, March 7th through 10th, and the 560, March 14th. Correct 17th. me, though, but it, Al also got cash price for his... Uh, yeah, you get cash price. Cash price along with the, along with the, the entry to the, to, to the following tournament. Yes. And uh, the winner of each event gets an added uh, $3,500 WPT showdown seat for April. And uh, it's fun because it builds on itself, and the, the word of mouth gets out there, and it and it moves on. Yeah, well, you know, listen, I remember very similar, but the difference is here is that you're earning cash prizes as opposed to those step tournaments that you see online that allowed you to get into these tournaments, and you bought in for as cheap as a dollar fifty, get you into the next one at you know three fifty or whatever, 
until eventually it was six or seven steps, and you you either got a, a main event entry into the you know the WSOP main event. But uh, I love the way he's done this with the with with his style of it, where you're earning nice prize pools, uh, no matter which level you're at. Yeah. As you try to move up to the top. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that uh, coming up in uh, late February, early March. Of course, uh, also, as I mentioned, the uh, WSOP circuit at the Coconut Creek Casino. And uh, you kind of wonder uh, when Tampa is going to join some of these events, some of these really huge events that they continue to grow and pick up over there. So uh, I'm a lot of good su- stuff. be honest with you, I'm surprised when you mentioned that, now that you said that, right, we haven't really mentioned Tampa with, you know, uh, not to say competing, but joining uh, their sister <laughs> casino down here. Um, you know, th- we did discuss something with one of the one of their poker people. Didn't we have them on the room? Yeah. Uh, you know, may- may- maybe they need Tony to go Tommy, up there. Tommy just Bates, when he was there, he's gone now. But Oh, he's no longer with them over there? No. Well, that could be the reason. You know, you, you move personnel, sometimes it's a little hard. But if I was a uh, hard rock property... If Tony Burns is doing such a great job as we know he is down here, listen, I don't know if it's called double duty or you're flying back and forth between Tampa and, and Hollywood, but, you know, they, you're right. There's no reason for the Tampa Hard Rock not to be doing the same thing that's happening yeah, down absolutely. here. Absolutely. Especially with the field that you've got up there. We've, we've got a bunch of great poker players there in, the, in that part of uh, the state so that have made fi- main event final tables. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of stuff going on uh, legally. Uh, we had mentioned uh, toward the end of the year that Michigan, we thought, was going to have a shot, but their uh, governor, outgoing governor uh, vetoed everything, and that they're not, they're not going to get reestablished. New York is trying once again with an online poker bill and, and a few other things. Uh, one of the latest things I heard was that uh, there are some problems with uh, Pennsylvania because of the high tax rate that uh, a couple of places that actually – Signed up to have an online site to have dropped out of the running. It's uh, it's not too surprising when you see some of the numbers because it's tough to make money in the huge comp- competitive area up there. Yeah, and I mean if they could draw from the whole, you know, from all 50 states, but obviously they can't. Uh, you could probably overcome a high tax rate, you know. But listen, I remember when uh, Jeb Bush, our governor here, uh, many years ago. You know, try to derail the casinos with a 50% tax on slot on the machines down here, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. And they wanted that on top before expenses, before, uh, you know, everything else. And that's their way of trying to kill the bill. I don't think that's the intention in Pennsylvania. I think they're just getting greedy. Yeah, you might be right. Could be right. Um, also, some distressing news coming out of the uh, Department of Justice, which has reversed their uh, clarification of the Wire Act that came out under Obama in 2011 basically opened the doors for online poker to return on several states here in the United States. Uh, They have issued an opinion that uh, it does not only apply to sports betting, which was what the ruling was back in 2011, and that there could be some problems now in the next uh, year uh, with that whole Wire Act opinion applying to all online gambling. So... Yeah, and, and I'm not holding my breath with our Supreme Court now that uh, <laughs> that our that our leader has uh, you know made sure that it's a conservative uh, Supreme Court now over there. So I don't know how are they going to combat that if they allow uh, sports betting. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Is that it's going to be legal? It's almost like the marijuana thing, where uh, the Department of Justice would like to make marijuana use illegal, you know, uh, in, in the entire country. But certain states have already granted uh, the legality of it. Exactly. How do you how do you make a decision? And you know, not like they don't have any something else to think about right now. The Department <laughs> of Justice. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, we'll talk some more about that uh, after our break. Uh, We do want to take a break here on the show when we come back. Uh, We'll uh, get to that. Also, uh, maybe get things a little bit lighter and talk about uh, the upcoming boxing match between Kevin Hart and Antonio Esfandiari, which is uh, on for April. So uh, a lot of stuff there. A couple of announcements out of the World Series of Poker that I want to touch on. I just want to ask one question. Do you have any idea how tall Antonio Esfandiari is? I know is? that he's eight inches taller than uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's like 5'4". Five, 5'4", four, five, so four, maybe. He's about six feet tall. About six foot tall. He's our height. Well, my height, you're taller than I am. You're, what, 6'3", six, 6'2", six, big day? So, unfortunately, he doesn't know how to box, and Hart is a pretty good athlete and a, and a, and a pretty good boxer from what I hear. So. Really? But he gave him 35 to 1 odds. Hart gave him 35 to 1 odds? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we'll talk a little more about that when we uh, get toward the end of the show. But uh, let's take a break here. You can listen to uh, us on our website, Poker Action Line, and pick us up on the Podbean page there. Also, uh, SoundCloud is a good place to pick up the show. You can tweet out uh, to your friends when it appears. Get uh, get your friends to follow us on there and offer uh, some uh, reviews of the show as well. We look forward to having you follow us every week here on Poker Action Line. We'll be back after these messages on Poker Action Line. We'll return shortly. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Hi, this is little Steven for Red. We all got to party now and then, but we've got to let somebody else do the driving. Please don't drink and drive, and don't drive with somebody else who's been drinking. Thank you. 
public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Uh, day 1C of the Aussie Millions main event. Uh, just getting underway. Obviously, there's a time difference there of about 12 hours. So uh, they are kicking off uh, around midday on uh, Wednesday. Uh, chip leader is uh, Julian Stewart. And uh, not a lot of huge names, but one name that is uh, pretty well known is the son of Joe Hashem. Uh, bagged up chips at the end of day 1A and uh, did more than his father did. His father didn't make it to day 2. But anyway, <laughs> here's a picture of him, Joe, here, a young guy, uh, Joe Hashem's son, playing in the Aussie Millions. So, uh, his father was one of the fun people to win a main event, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed watching Joe Hashem. He won it, with, did he, didn't he win it just after, right, right before uh, gold and uh, after... Uh, no, it was the third year, right after uh, Raymer. Raymer, right? Yeah. And then Gold wanted what? Two gold years was, later. Gold was maybe two the following three. year. Yeah, that's like I said. Or I Jerry Yang and then Gold. Jerry Yang and Gold. That's it. That's exactly how it went. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hashem, Raymer, and the first one, obviously, Moneymaker. Well, not the first one. But right, but the yeah. first one in the new era. Let's put yes, it that sir. way. Yes, uh, sir. Some of the other people have advanced. Uh, Dominic Panka, Randy Liu. Uh, Selena Lin, uh, Andrew Chen, Maria Lampropoulos, a uh, very good player, who has established herself in the poker world. Uh, Stewart has 196,000. Wang Yi Long is uh, at 176. But day 1C goes on today, and then they'll move to day 2 the following day on Wednesday. Uh, actually be uh, Thursday here, but... Uh, <laughs> It's already Thursday. Oh, it's it's Thursday morning already over there, right? I mean, no, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday excuse morning. me, Tuesday morning. Yeah, but uh, nice field over there, and uh, 268 uh, entries uh, going into today. But today was obviously uh, expected to be the biggest day, so we'll see what happens over there. Uh, we'll update you on the uh, uh, tournament up in New Jersey at. Uh, the Borgata. The Borgata. Big Borgata winner open. And uh, a lot of stuff going on up there, too, that I don't want to talk about. I want to get to this uh, DOJ thing. But I can tell you that uh, something I was very thrilled with, and, and a couple of the South Florida uh, young ladies that uh, have been uh, leading the way down here, uh, Jessica Dolly and Lonnie Harwood, were involved in this. And they came up with the idea at the, uh, at the uh, big meeting last year, uh, for the WPT, that they would like to do something combined with a Borgata, and it's called the uh, the Ladies Poker Brunch. And uh, they opened it to 35 people to show up that sold out immediately. They actually eventually added to 10 more people, but uh, kind of a brunch-and-learn thing. And uh, Lonnie and uh, Jessica did the instruction with all the ladies, and uh, they had a great time up there. So then they had a ladies' event tied in with a Borgata, and 154 players showed up, which was three times the field from last year. That's outstanding. I, I just wish we could get them into main events, into you know larger tournaments, and uh, you know that will happen. Well, we've been saying that for years, and and we just don't see an uptick on that. And I don't know why. There's so many great female poker players out there, and I you know we've discussed many reasons why we think they don't. 
get to that point, but you know, I'd love to hear it from from just regular women who pl- love to play poker, who who would love to be in more tournaments, and their reasoning why they don't enter more. I mean, what the percentage for the main event has kind of steadfast between what two about and a half, about four percent. Has it been four yeah, percent? Because I thought it was closer. Four. Right, I I thought it was closer to three percent, two and a half to three percent, and it really. You don't even see an uptick in by half a percent every year, which would only increase it by, what, 15, 20 women? Right. And you're not really seeing that. And it's a shame because, like you've mentioned many times, that's the last frontier that has to be overcome in the poker world. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it was a fun thing. They had the brunch with mimosas, and and uh, it was really a pretty cool social thing as well. Uh, that a lot of male poker players just certainly want to understand. But uh, a lot of instruction involved. They gave away T-shirts and jackets. Uh, They did give away some seats to the tournament, but uh, a lot of people bought in there eventually, and they had a really nice turnout. But they have have a great group group of ladies that uh, are involved in the management of uh, the WPT, Angelica Heil and uh, Kathy Zhao and Jing Masinda and uh, people I've dealt with over the years that are just uh, just a joy to deal with and uh, really know how to put together a great tournament. And uh, if they do this on a regular basis, I would think this is one of the main things uh, that uh, the game needs to do. I I couldn't agree more with you, Big Dave. I, I've always said, I, and you've, you've actually championed that cause more than I have on this show, but I've been right there with you. This is... This is what we need to see. We definitely need to see more women in these tournaments. And tournament directors and tournaments just in general should design something that, you know, attracts these women to come in, whether it's on a social aspect like you just mentioned right there, and then allows them to to carry that over into a nice all-female poker tournament or or whatever, whatever it takes. I just sit sit down with the top female poker players, and, and I'm sure they will let you know what other women want to see and what they want so that they'll be entering tournaments a lot more frequently going into the future. Yeah. Some of the topics uh, I want to discuss over the next couple of weeks, a uh, nice uh, poker strategy article by our favorite guy, Ed Miller, that I want, want you to read between now and next week, Joe. And uh, That won't be a problem. <laughs> no, I know you enjoy that. Also, a fellow named Kevin Haney does a nice story about uh, short deck hold'em, which is really starting to catch on when I... Uh, t- uh, message back and forth with Tony today. I asked him if they were playing it yet over at the Hard Rock, and he said they hope to be bringing it in soon. Uh, that's, of course, the game with a 36-card deck, uh, eliminating the twos, threes, fours, and fives. And uh, a little bit of difference in the uh, structure of uh, the hands that win and that sort of thing. But it was real big over in Macau, and uh, it's catching on around the world, and a lot of action and a lot of fun. That's uh, certainly... Now is the time to learn that game before everyone else uh, starts climbing into the learning curve. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's what you always say. But then once it hits TV and becomes popular is when everyone decides they want to try to learn that well, game. Well, that's true. But uh, people seem to really enjoy it, and it's really taken off. So I want to talk about that next week on the show. Uh, also, a fellow that has his own uh, podcast, Andrew Neem, has a great article about uh, creating uh, – the optimal environment at the table and uh, things that happen at the table. And and uh, we'll have a little more time to probably talk about that next week. But uh, I want to get to this DOJ opinion. Uh, it came out uh, several weeks ago, but really wasn't released until uh, the last few days. Let me get the exact date on that. But uh, uh, they had been talking about it for quite some time. And obviously, uh, 
Sheldon Adelson pushed for it and uh, is happy with that. Who knows what's going to happen as far as actually making rulings. We don't even have a... Attorney General yet. Uh, we have an appointee who actually finally saw today on TV, uh, uh, and we have one being uh, uh, in front of Congress to be confirmed, So, and William Barr. So all that stuff, you know, these guys aren't going to hit the ground running. I'm sure that they are not going to be worried about online poker in their first few days I in would, the office. I wouldn't think so. But this opinion, this new opinion came out in November. November 2nd was actually the date... But it really wasn't released until uh, last week, uh, right around the 15th of January. So uh, if, in case you don't remember, uh, it was the ruling that basically uh, opened the way for states to legalize online poker. And uh, the four states have done so, Nevada, Delaware, New Jersey, and then Pennsylvania, which hasn't opened yet for business, but uh, should be in the first quarter of this year. But uh, the basics of the Wire Act said that... Uh, you know, it was it was, the ruling said that it only applied to sports betting and not to other forms of online gambling, which kind of opened the way. So, the interstate part uh, of that uh, opinion by the uh, online uh, office, excuse me, the Office of Legal Counsel back in 2011, um, when uh, lottery commissions in New York and Illinois wanted to sell their tickets online, basically. Uh, ruled that it w- that it was uh, opening the way for places to have online poker and uh, work things differently. Of course, now Jeff Sessions has come and gone, but uh, they did say that it was going to change things. And it's uh, uh, there's been some reaction around the world poker world. Who knows if it's going to be uh, actually prevent us from playing in other states uh, over the next couple of years. But uh, the American Gaming Association issued a statement last week. Uh, talking about uh, unf- how unfortunate it was, but that really they didn't take a, they took a no stance regarding the issue, so that's unfortunate. But in itself, uh, but uh, they are looking at it. The Poker Alliance, which was formerly the Poker Players Alliance, uh, with John Pappas and and uh, those people, now have a new president. Uh, it's called the Poker Alliance. They did put together an advisory board, and they are looking at a lot of these things. But President Mark Brenner um, said that the 2011 interpretation is conforms to what the courts have said on the matter. And uh, that well-reasoned opinion has given states and the industry the freedom to authorize online gaming on an interstate basis. The new interpretation, however, is very far-reaching, and I believe it stands on shaky legal ground. So there will be plenty of challenges in the court to find out if that will move forward. But... Uh, you know, just kind of, uh, just when things are going good, you know, it's kind of run into a wall. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> I wish I could faint being surprised or disappointed, yeah. but uh, uh, as they say, I've shed too many tears already over this over this situation to to continually even get frustrated about it anymore, David. Well, it's, it's a joke. I've said it's been a joke. Many people have, and you know, at this point, all I could do is shrug my shoulders and. You know, play poker wherever I can, and you know, like I said, I'm getting back into the game at a management level very soon. And um, brick and mortar. Yes, sir. You know, but it, but it really sucks that Americans and you know, uh, American citizens don't have this right. It's just ridiculous for those people that live in in areas that it would take many hours. Uh, people who have physical disabilities that couldn't play in a brick and mortar and enjoy playing online and you know 
just unfortunately our politicians really don't give a damn on, for the most part. Yeah. So we you know we we've been arguing this the same idiotic things for for years now and nothing's going to seem to change that, Dave. Yeah, that's true and uh uh the only thing is uh you know, it, it takes a while for this stuff to wind its way through the courts. A lot of people have, you know, places that want to put together businesses and get in line and pay the fees and pay the taxes. Uh, sometimes we'll just go the route of prohibition and just circumvent the law and uh, open up for players to play. Players want to follow the law, but if they can't play, then they're sometimes going to they're, they're gonna shirk that uh, responsibility yeah, of obeying well, the law. You know, with lack of true leadership sometimes leads to stuff like this. When you can't get our elected officials to be on the same page, where some of them just flip-flop like a fish out of the out of water, one you know one year supporting the bill for for you know for online poker, the next year against it, you know, depending on which side which side of their pockets they're getting their money from, uh, you know, it, it's very sickening, you know, and, yeah. and like you just mentioned. Companies are willing to pay taxes on it. Poker players who win large amounts in big tournaments would be more than willing to pay their taxes on it. It, it absolutely makes no sense. It yeah. really does. Uh, sad news as we head to our final break. Uh, Gavin Smith uh, from Canada, uh, well-known player. Personally, I had a run-in with him one time at the Hard Rock. Uh, I tried to interview him at uh, one of the poker uh, parties. The night was a chance to talk to some of the players up close. And he was slobbery drunk. And uh, I approached him, and he uh, just looked at me and uh, walked away. <laughs> so, you know, that stuff happens. Uh, but from what I hear, a lot of people really liked Gavin Smith. Uh, he was a kind of a crazy personality. Uh, did have a drinking problem, but he passed away uh, last week at the age of 50. died in his sleep, and it was very sudden. Well, you know, uh, our sympathies go out to his family. Uh, may he rest in peace. I guess he handled uh, the attention pretty well over the most part, uh, maybe when he was sober. Uh, but uh, he said, uh, people, some people asked him what was the worst part of being recognized now that he was famous. And he said, I don't, I don't really think there's anything all that bad about it. There's no worst of it because, you know, I kind of feel a bit lucky people care enough about me to come up and say hello or want an autograph or a picture. So I don't really have too many downsides for it. There's a great article on Nolan Dalla's blog. Nolan was a very close friend of Gavin and has a lot of really nice things to say and how sad that he is personally to have lost a good friend. So uh, people come and go, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a tough thing, but uh, he certainly made his mark in the world of poker. Yes, he did, you know, and I remember he, he even would make have certain crazy bets with certain other uh, poker players. Exactly. If I'm, I'm trying to remember some of them. They're not coming to my head right now, but hopefully for our next show next week, I'll think of some of them for Gavin Smith. Yeah, you've got to read Nolan's To honor uh, his memory, too. you know, so let's see if we can get some of those for next week. Okay. Let's take our final break on the show. We'll be back to finish things up when we return. We'll talk a little bit of Kevin Hart boxing against the magician when we come back. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. 
You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe, uh, Antonio S. Fandiari, not a boxer. Kevin Hart. I guess a pretty good little fighter. Of course, he's uh, like 5'4". A comedian who can box. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Of course, he's probably looking for a little bit better publicity than what he had gone through losing that uh, Oscar gig uh, coming up. But uh, uh, they talked to uh, Antonio Fandieri about the uh, high-stakes boxing challenge between the two. Uh, And uh, Fandieri says, uh, we talk about it all the time. It'll be sometime in mid-April. And uh, Fandieri... He, who is 40 years old, by the way, uh, getting 35 to 1 in his money. Never boxed before, but he is now training and trying to uh, to do something. He said, uh, I'm not athletic. I'm a skinny Persian, and he's a great athlete, incredible shape, who's been boxing for a while. But at 35 to 1, I can't turn that down. <laughs> but it's not the first, and I wanted to, as people start talking about this and it gets a little bit closer, I wanted to talk about a couple other things that uh, happened in the past. Uh, there was a fight in uh, 2016 between Sorrell Mizzy and Brian Rast. Sorizzi uh, won the fight, knocked down uh, uh, Rast three separate times in the first round. Wow. Uh, five times overall, and it was eventually called in the third, and uh, Mizzy won the uh, bout. Uh, they raised $8,500 for uh, REG, the uh, Switzerland-based charity group. And uh, people followed that. But it wasn't the first one. Olivia Bousquet uh, had an MMA fight against J.C. Alvarado. And uh, I saw some of the pictures of that. Alvarado got his face bloodied. And uh, Bousquet, who outweighed him by 187 pounds to 165, right, ended up winning pounds. the fight. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of weight difference. That was also in 2016. Uh, a few years back, 2011, uh, Lex Veldhaus fought Bertrand Grospellier, Elke, uh, and they had a mixed martial arts style fight in Spain back in 2011, uh, and Veldhaus won that one. And before that, uh, things kicked off in 2009 with Theo Jorgensen uh, fighting Gus Hansen. Who won that fight? And there was $35,000 on the line. Uh, Hansen would only get $25,000 if he won, but uh, Jorgensen won the fight. 
Oh, okay. And I guess they really went at it. Uh, people thought it was two, bo- two uh, poker guys that couldn't fight. But uh, they went in at each other for three rounds. And finally, uh, Jorgensen uh, got the win as uh, uh, they stopped it in the third round. Wow. Oh. I'd have been interested in seeing some of these fights, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, better than some of the well, stuff that's out there. Big Any- Dave, I know we're going off the air very soon, but I wanted to, I received today in the mail, and I knew my cousin, um, I've mentioned him before on this show, because he loves to play in tournaments, and his favorite place to play it is at the Isle, and he's had some limited success there, and, you know, he's enjoyed himself there. But uh, my cousin was approached uh, a, a promo- I don't know, not a promoter, an editor, about writing a book because my cousin was a very gifted baseball player, played, made, was offered tons of scholarships and made the walk-on team with Ron Frazier's uh, UM uh, team when Frazier was in his only in his third season as head coach at wow. UM. And um, the, my cousin wrote a book, uh, and it's called From Cuba to Williamsport. And I will not spoil the ending of it. It's not a big book. It's, it's, it seems like a very easy read. Uh, it's got pictures in there. Just a little little, little side fig for anybody who's looking at this. You're going to see a picture of, of me, my cousin, and my brother in wow. there, there go, uh, when I was about four or five years old. That's so enough for people to pick it up. See that they photo. may not recognize it if they know what I look like now because I had a lot <laughs> of hair in that picture. But, uh, <laughs> but it's called from, uh, from Cuba to Williamsport by Mike Briganti. Uh, my cousin, he had the the, the privilege and honor. Do you know of, the publisher or no? Uh, I, I no, because I gra- got the book earlier today okay, well, and just we'll looked at it. Next week. But uh, it's got pictures of him. He, the, the cover I know has a picture that made all the East Coast newspapers. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil the ending for anybody who wants to get that book. But uh, it looks like a quick read. I remember how wonderful it was. If I'm not mistaken, it was the 1967 Little League World Series at Williamsport. And it kind of... He told me it kind of takes him from when he was born in Cuba, came over to the United States at around, I don't know, seven, eight years old. And a few years later, he's playing in the Little League World Series at Williamsport. Terrific. How the town of West New York, New Jersey, backed them up like we see with all the great towns now. And, you know, I remember living that excitement. And, you know, I was very young. I was seven years old when he went through this. So, um just want to let people know that he yeah, is he is up. a poker player that's why I don't mind mentioning it here and so many poker players are are athletes in, in other aspects and I think that the competitive nature of different sports as we've discussed many times helps poker players you know no become question. who they are no so if you get a chance to pick it up it's called from Cuba to uh, from Cuba to Williamsport by Mike Briganti and I will try to get a little bit more information for next week yeah, if maybe you're kind enough to show. let me do that so okay uh, thanks, everyone, for being with us. Gio, thank you as well, uh, as usual. And uh, we will be back with another show next week. Poker Action Line will update the uh, Borgata Winter Open main event, also the Aussie Millions. And we'll get into some of the other things here. Uh, a little more strategy next week. We'll hope to get to some of those articles and uh, discuss some of the plans uh, as people try to improve their games here in 2019. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Gio. Okay, catch you next week on another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 